Well, hello. Uh, I'm Joe Myers, and this is my wife. I'm Ashley. Our journey started a long time ago. About 14 years ago, we got married uh, under Pastor Steve Todd at the time and uh, attended Horizons for, for a bit, and life kind of happened, and we, we left for a while. Um, we found ourselves about five years ago or so coming back and um, have been a part of the community since and found more and more ways to, to get tied in. So some of the things that we've loved about Horizons uh, has to be the community itself, uh, the people. Uh, it's, it's awesome being around so many real people that, that truly believe in the mission um, you know, the, the reason Jesus came and um, it's humbling to be able to serve next to so many good, good people and um, be a part of that, be a part of that story. And I, and I love how much um, the people here love our kids and, um, you know, interact with them and help build relationships with them. So that's amazing. Absolutely. I think for us, we've, we've been blessed um, so much that um, it's just natural to to give some of those blessings back to people that are um, not as fortunate or just in, in any way to, to help out, to make that relationship with God easier for them. Um, I personally struggle um, or have struggled with it. And uh, my wife's a saint <laughs> and always giving, uh, always giving her time and, and energy. And, and, you know, sometimes I can be this hard egg and, uh, now the the you know just seeing the overall what what Horizons does um, to impact the community to truly make a difference in uh, in the lives of so many people um, and and recognizing that we all come from different walks of life um, it's there was a there was a saying that one time um, Jason talked about and. Uh, uh, you know, we're talking about like the money and where it goes and, and wanted to make sure that it, it goes to the right places, makes a difference. And Jason at one point said that, uh, you know, a lot of this is you giving to God and trusting that God will work it out. So giving, giving helps, helps me grow closer to God, um, you know, just knowing I'm a part of a mission. Um, Jesus gave everything. And it was something that you know, even to this day, it's hard to comprehend no matter how many times you walk through the scenario and the journey. And, and you know, every time you think you get a step closer, you realize you got a lot more steps to go. Um, it just, it opens up my heart, um, you know, keeps me, keeps me grounded. Uh, you know, I guess that's, that's for me. I think that's the same for me too. Um, just being being able to give, I feel like my relationship gets closer with him. We're thankful to be to be a part of the Horizons community, the church, and and um, you know all of the activities that uh, that go on. Uh, so many awesome things happen that that we could never you know come up with by ourselves, and um, continually opens up possibilities for us to participate. Uh, it, it you know. Give, giving opens our hearts, and and it, it it helps us take steps into sometimes the uncomfortable. Um, we've never we've never felt felt really the hit right of doing it. Um, you know they always say that you get it tenfold back, and um, I feel like we're gaming the system. Uh, lots of joy and and, and um, awesome experiences, and just just 
humbled and, and happy to be with such a great community. Right. 100%. All right. Um, I, I personally love getting to see uh, these stories unfold. And, um, you know, we ask people to give them and, and you're all like, oh, I don't think I can tell a story. And then you just like you tell your, your life. Um, I can still remember um, when we were clean. I'm just a little bit hot in my microphone here. There you go. Thank you. Um, I remember the first time um, that I, when we were still cleaning the building and um, Ashley was like just one of those silent servants and um, cleaning. And every once in a while I'd run into her and like, and like she'd be just like huffing and puffing in the bathroom. And, and I'd be like, how does she get that much energy and joy in this? This is incredible. Um, I remember Joe, the very first time that he drummed, I found out through Snapchat that he had a drum set in his basement and we needed the drummer for Christmas. And like, so I was like, hey, Joe, I think you should be our drummer. <laughs> um, and this is the way they step forward. I remember, you know, being there with Olivia and, and offering her dedication and watching Evan um, have a call for ministry at a just a young age, their son Evan, and watching Ruby. And she used to like write me songs and show me the lyrics of them. And, you know, like this is, this is ministry and this is life. And I celebrate that because of what God's doing in their family, and I'm celebrating it because um, Horizons is filled with that same life in all of you. Um, regardless of what your family combination is or how you come to Horizons and who you're with, um, that is replicated and mirrored in all of you, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful story and opportunity to be a part of this. So um, I thank you for that story and celebrate it, lift it up this morning. Um, I am Pastor Jason. I do serve here at Horizons as your pastor, and um, just really humbled to be a part of this continual journey of Horizons. And whether you're online with us this morning or whether you are here worshiping with us, it is a celebration that we are all together. I have seen so many of the kids and some of the volunteer leaders and some of the staff even dressing up um, in Halloween costumes. And I love that as well. Like there's just such a good, joyful, playful energy in this place and it's reviving. Um, I was thinking about dressing up as a pastor, wearing a suit or some robes or something and totally throwing y'all off. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the things that is, I think, really special to Horizons is that um, we don't have to uh, like cover ourselves up in order to be here. And so I'm not inviting any of you to come undressed, but I am, <coughs> that would be awkward. Um, um, it was like 10 years ago, five years ago, I just finally learned what a birthday suit is. So um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm a little slow to, on the take up here, but, um, but it is really cool that we get to, um, we get to be here uncovered. And, and, and just to be here where we are and who we are and what we're carrying, what we're wrestling through, and, and just, like, let the Spirit fall on us. Because ultimately, it's about that most important thing, which is your personal relationship with Jesus. And the more uncovered we can be approaching him, the better we're going to be able to see him and him just receive the real us. 
So, man, what a, what a big day today. Uh, our kids are dressing up. Uh, we, we lured some of you here with the promise of cookies after worship service. Um, it is the culmination of our stewardship season, our life to the fullest uh, sermon series. Uh, just all these big things. We have invited you to um, prayerfully consider uh, and, and just ask God, God, where do you want me to be in my giving? And to, to look and say, okay, God, this is what you're calling me to in the next year, and this is what I believe you can do through me. And, um, and so we're inviting you to lift up those estimated giving uh, cards today and, and to really be lifting up your heart. So we've, we're moving from discerning and praying now to uh, really that celebration and that confirmation of yes, like yes, Lord. It's ultimately what it is. Like, I'm ready, I'm scared, but yes, Lord. Um, so it, it is exciting. As we're finishing up, we're also finishing up with this incredible story in John's Gospel, chapter 4, of the woman at the well. And we have been spending a week, just or four weeks, journeying through this and seeing this this woman like totally come to life and be reclaimed and renewed. And man, God has put some really incredible things into this story. So I'm just going to catch you up on where we were from last week, where the woman finally gets this thirst-quenching, uh, life-giving, life that's welling up in her because Jesus has totally embraced her and she's received it. And so in our, in our story last week, she drops her water jug because the earthly things that she was held to are no longer as important. She runs back into the city and, uh, and this is the town where everyone has rejected her and written her off. And she tells them, come out and see the man who has told me about everything I've ever done. And, um, and then they, we left off, it. they were on their way out, and Jesus said some really important things about um, the true fulfillment of life is, um, is when you do the will of God and, and get to work with him and join him. And uh, so then we pick up today, and, um, and this is so cool. So this is John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 20, 38, excuse me, uh, 39. And, um, and this is, the, the Samaritans are on their way back. So many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, and this is believed in Jesus, because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans actually came out to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said, now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. I mean, this is, this is a beautiful way to end this story. Um, one of the things that I think we tend to focus most on and actually have for the most part in our walking through this story and this journey has been truly the woman's change, right? Like you turn graves into gardens. Like this woman's life was a grave. The bones were dry. Like there was no life. She had been written off. I don't even know if she liked herself. I don't even know if she liked herself. And then Jesus came along 
And he filled her. And he didn't just give her temporary water, temporary relief, temporary pleasure, temporary delight. He gave her thirst-quenching, life-giving, life that welled up from her. And so um, that is an extraordinary story. And I know that each of us, in a way, holds tightly to that part of the story because in one way or another, we see ourselves as the woman at the well. In one way or another, we can see ourselves into her shoes and into her situation. But without downplaying the significance of her story, there's a greater miracle that we come and we celebrate today. You see, just like that song that we've been singing, Graves into Gardens, um, it's great that she's no longer just a grave site of dry and empty bones. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe that gardens are intended to grow things. That's what gardens do. They grow things and they flourish, and they become something greater that, that truly expresses and, and blesses people. So what happens that is the true miracle is n not just what happened to the woman and the new life that she received, but what also is so incredible is what she did with that new life that she was given, and who it impacted on that day. That's the truest and the deepest part of this miracle and part of our celebration. And let me, let me point to you just to how incredible this is. I can guarantee you that if one of you came in and maybe you're out at Roca, I don't know, we were just there at the berry farm yesterday, so that's where, <laughs> that's where my mind's going to. And you came back and you told me, you've got to come out to Roca. There's a guy out there who just told me everything I've ever done in my life. I would not go. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> oh, I, I have to go to Iowa, and I don't even like Iowa, but <laughs> I mean, in one way, um, the people are great. Um, I wouldn't go. Or if I did, I would, I would be like, I just don't have a good feeling about this. Like, I kind of like to keep those things on the down low. Um, I, like, my best days are the days where I'm beyond that and kind of forget about it. Even like, you know, it's been washed away by Jesus' blood. Like, no thanks. Right? But this woman runs into town and she, those are the only words that we have to go on. We don't know if there was any other dialogue, but this was the most important dialogue that John felt needed to be put in this gospel. Come and see the guy who told me everything I've done. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's going to be great. It was great for me. Like, what in the world would compel these people to go out on that testimony? Now, there are some subtle details here, but it truly was a beautiful and compelling invitation. Now, here's the first thing that was compelling. Okay, first of all, um, this woman just got new life, 
And she is like, she feels like she's worthwhile again. She feels like she might even be able to call herself beautiful again. Um, most people who get freed from the weight of their past don't just go run off back to the very people who initially caused that pain or were an agent of that pain. Most people don't do that. So the very fact at all that this woman, the very first thing she does, she drops her water jar and she runs to the people who wrote her off, the very fact that she even approaches them begins to make an impression. You can imagine these people, like, have written her off and they're like, oh, here comes wondering Wanda, you know, like, uh, you know, we were hoping maybe she'd stay at the well this time. And they're like, why is she so happy? Right? So, like, what does she want with us? Like, thought we kind of were like this. So she approached the second thing that really provides this testimony is the freedom and the presence that is like flowing from her. Just like Jesus said, this welling up of new life. And they're like, something's different about her. <clears throat> Something is incredibly powerful going on in her. And they can see it. It's visible. It's tangible. And then... And then the people that wrote her off, who deemed themselves superior to her worthless inferiority, her poor choices, she invites them. And she serves them. She says, come on out, all you people. There's this love in her that's suddenly greater than the hurt. And she's running into them, and she is serving them the good news of the gospel. And it, at that point, did not matter that she was saying, come on out so this guy can tell you all your stuff. Like, they saw it, and, and suddenly their, their hearts were broken in a good way, and they were starting to, you know, feel that compel. Um, that's not quite the way that you use that word, but they were feeling that they were compelled. <laughs> okay, here's the other thing that was going on that I believe is really important. You see, um, when they saw the woman and they saw her freedom, I believe that they wanted it just as badly as she received it. We don't think about the townspeople as carrying an equal burden as the woman. And some people might feel a little bit um, put off or offended by that idea that the um, oppressors could also be carrying weight and need love. But when we sit in a seat of superiority, in, in a seat of judgment, when those townspeople were sitting in their place, finding their worth and their feeling of being right and righter than others, in other words, feeling righteous because of how they had attained to the laws and rules put forth, there's a weight that comes along with that. And it doesn't give life. When we sit in seats of superiority and judgment and live lives bound to 
rules that we believe will distinguish and elevate us above and apart from others. So when the woman came up and was suddenly free, they wanted to be free as well. And they weren't there for the conversation when Jesus said, look, woman, you are trying to fulfill yourself on sexual pleasure with many different men. And you are trying to find your place and your sense of security in the world based on your tie to the Samaritan beliefs of where you should worship God, believing that it is the right way and everyone else has got it wrong. They missed that part and yet... I think they could sense it, that there was truly something greater. Just as Jesus had said to the woman, look, it's spirit and truth. And spirit is surrender and truth is undeniable, unshakable love. And they wanted it too. You see, the greatest celebration was that there started out a life. And then there grew a life change. And then there flourished life-changing work. The Father's will, the love of God, reckless as can ever be. And we talk about reckless not as in careless, but reckless as in fully just pursuing and like a bull in a china shop, not worrying about the bounds and the walls and just running, rushing and saying, this is happening today. That's the celebration of a life-changed life-changer. And the sea of people who came and heard the testimony and also became free because of how the woman not only turned from a grave to a garden, but then grew things. That's good. That's good. And that's the model for, for Horizons. I mean, as we're looking today and we're saying, okay, some of our seasons have been a bit of a bumpy ride. We're still wandering through a couple things. But from the day that God breathed horizons into life, it is always about people desiring to know Jesus better and people desiring to bring a Jesus that others could know better directly to them in an authentic way. Not in a way where people had to kind of, you know, dress up and put on their, their church clothes or their church self in order to, to come and get some Jesus. Not in a way that you had to say the right things or assure everyone that you've read your Bible 16 times and that you pray every left step. But that you could just get here. And that you could see other people who weren't wearing any of their coverings either, either getting to know who Jesus was. See, that's, that's been the vision of Horizons since the very beginning. Seeking the lost and the least, not just borrowing from other churches, 
but truly going out and saying, hey, um, we're different, we're weird, we don't play by a lot of the rules, but, um, but we're, we're people of horizons and people of Jesus Christ, and, um, and we, we want to just share it how it is and then let Jesus and you walk to where you need to go from there um, and in the context of this beautiful community, and that's what it's about. And that's, I believe, what it's been about all along. Now, there are some seasons when we perhaps have lost sight of that. And we, we kind of started um, thinking more about the, the cushion in the seat than the, um, than the call of the heart. But it is still alive and thriving, and you know it, and I know it. And it gets our heart beating when we think about the part we get to play. Not only is the woman got healed and her grave turned into a garden, but I believe even more so as our garden says it is time to grow. It's time to go feed somebody. It's time to go put life in someone else's life. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. It's a beautiful model for us. Remembering that the greatest story we can tell about our own lives is not simply our own prosperity by the hands of God. But it is truly the greatest story that we can tell by the hand of God of the perpetuation of light who came among us, of life breathed into us. That's our greatest story and our greatest invitation. It's a beautiful model. So today, and I know we've been talking about money and you're tired of it. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad this is our last day. I cannot wait for my cookie. Just get it over with, Pastor, come on. But, but if I can say it one more time, you and I both know that all this talk has never had anything to do with our money. Ever. It only all has to do with our hearts. And our finances kind of um, sometimes lead us away and give us really strong death grips on some other things. But the, the, the message, the, uh, the filling of the grave is about our hearts and what we're perhaps willing to look away from, even if it feels like maybe we can just do it for a glance, but to look away from the other things that give us fulfillment or security or status or importance or worth and look towards the greater thing, which I believe is the greatest thing. That's when we realize it's, it's about something much greater, much more beautiful, much more awesome and life-giving to us and to those who receive the, the, the fruit, the bounty, the, the, the life from our gardens. So today, um, you're invited under those pretexts, and I would actually say only under those pretexts. You're invited to join in that. And perhaps you have... Um, you, you have filled out or, you know, shared a commitment or, or lifted up something year after year. And so perhaps you're already in, but perhaps this year you decided, um, okay, 
I want to take one more step. Or perhaps this is your first Sunday that you have ever, ever decided to do this. And it is scary, and half of your heart says, no way, this is dumb. My, none of my friends, none of my family is doing this. Why am I doing this? While the other half is fully trusting and saying, yeah, let's do this. So that's our invitation today. It's an invitation to trust. It's an invitation to, to look at what is so good about this Jesus that we follow, that has prevailed over every season, thousands of years. It's a day to, um, to join God in his work, just like Joe and Ashley said, that they get to be a part of it, we get to be a part of it. Perhaps you're new today, and you're, you're kind of wondering, like, is this really what I wanted to see um, from, a, from a pastor in the church, or should I come back next time to see what it's really like? But I think if you're new today, or if you're new recently, this might actually encourage you, or should perhaps encourage you, to see that, that to the greatest degree we can, in the greatest humility, we are, we are we're truly trying to point ourselves in the right direction, in, in the direction of God's glory and his new life. So in just a little bit, we're going to um, play our final worship song. And at any point during this song, we're going to invite you to, to come forward to the altar. Now, friends, this is not a time for you to kind of like make mental notes of who came up and who didn't. This is, this is not a time for you to come up because you want, to, you want others to see that you did it. So that's the townspeople before they got saved. This is an opportunity, and if, if, if I didn't worry about you falling, I'd say, where you come forward and you just, eyes closed, like you're approaching Jesus at the well, that's my invitation to you. And if you are one who likes to look and see who comes up, close your eyes. <laughs> like I said, or, you know, mute your screen. Uh, I'm not sure how that works. But um, wherever you are, by the way, and whatever your comfort level is, um, all of this is also can be done um, right there, horizons.church slash pathways. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a card there that you can join in. And perhaps you are just feeling called right now, or perhaps like you fill out your card last week and you're like, no, no, that was the wrong number. <laughs> like the Lord's speaking something new. Um, that's between you and God. But um, we're going we're gonna to take that time, and I do want to just pray with you and, uh, and just lift up everything that's on our hearts. So let's pray. Lord God, um, we thank you for letting us know about how you, how you came down and how you had this mighty vision to live as a human among us and work with us and, and encourage us to let go of the things that we're holding on to and groan at us when we refused or just didn't get it. Thank you for coming down and being willing to, to touch us. Even though we were labeled dirty, that you were willing to look in our eyes and speak love where there was only loathing, much of it coming from ourselves. 
Thank you that you were willing to let us know about the day that you met that woman out there. Knowing that this isn't just a story, that this really happened, that you met her, that she met you, and then and then this this truly happened. Thank you for all of that. And Lord, you know that we are, we're broken people. You know that we've been hurt. Someone did us wrong this week. We've done someone wrong this week. We're angry about something. We're sad about something. We're anxious about something. We're unsure about something. We're struggling to trust in some area of our lives, Lord. But we know that you are truly the author and the breath of life. You are the fountain. You're the hydrant. You're the waterfall. We don't get your timing. We don't understand why it is not plug and play. But Lord, over all these seasons, we have to confess and just give up and say, you're the only thing that seems to be this constant and this trustworthy. So we just pray that we can trust you and approach you that, in that way today. Fill us with life. Fill us with your vision to go out and be your people. Knowing that others, others won't receive what you have to give them as you've given it to us. If we don't go out and be a part of it and find someone at a well. So Lord, we thank you for healing us, for taking care of us, for being with the least and the lost and those who we often forget about in our pursuit of our own happiness. Lord, we thank you for being with them and being the greatest in their lives. We just pray that you will help us be gardens that grow stuff. This is our prayer. We give it up to you. Amen.